From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome one, welcome all. We are glad to have you on the network, the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on this Tuesday, a rather cool Tuesday in the area, but hey, we're not getting the snow that they're getting in Cleveland or uh, up towards the uh, northern east coast, so uh, glad for that. But nevertheless, uh, the Packers continue to get ready for the upcoming opponent, a team that played last night, did not look too great. That's the Philadelphia Eagles who continue to struggle with their quarterback, Carson Wentz. We'll talk more about that coming up here in just a little bit. Now we want to bring him in, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster, author of the new book, Talking to Goats, the moments you remember and the stories you never heard. You can find him on Twitter at Jim Gray Official. Jim Gray now joining us. Jim, how you been? I'm great, Bill. How are you this morning? We're doing uh, remarkably well as we get into this holiday season, and we're hoping that uh, whoever would happen to gift us a Super Bowl championship for the Green Bay Packers would stop by. But <laughs> that being said, uh, we know what the NFC is pretty much wide open at this point. i got to ask you, though, you got the new book out, uh, Talking to Goats, uh, the moments you remember, the stories you never heard. As you start to put a book together, uh, first of all, was this your idea, or did a publisher or somebody come to you and say, you know what, you ought to put those experiences on paper? No, uh, we went to uh, <clears throat> the publishing houses for their auction, and um, it was after, you know, this is 43 years of broadcasting now, Bill, so it's, you know, tens of thousands of interviews and events and so forth, so I uh, just decided, you know, it was time to kind of put this all together. Stedman Graham is a good friend of mine, and he's been telling me for years uh, two things. Jim Gray, they're paying you to talk, just keep talking, and put all these stories down on paper. So he's written 12 books, including Identity Leadership and so forth, and him and Oprah have been uh, together for 35, 40 years now, and so they have a pretty good idea about books and stories, so they just kept encouraging me, and after hearing it for 10 or 12 or 15 years, I decided it was the right time to do it. Got Greg Bishop from Sports Illustrated, a great writer. Uh, He wrote this with me. He did an incredible job, so uh, that was kind of the genesis of it. Just over the course of time, Bill decided it was time. We'll we'll talk about some of the better interviews and all that kind of stuff coming up. But I got to ask you, what was it like the other night? Because uh, I saw you doing the post uh, fight stuff with Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. That set, uh, you got Snoop Dogg on the set. Man, what a what a what a fun night, a weird <laughs> night that had to be, right? Well, it was fun, and and it was incredible to see the sta- the Staples Center and the, and the people at uh, Triller and and Mike Tyson, uh, the set that they built, and and the atmosphere was. Uh, Really spectacular. As far as Mike in the ring, really astonishing, Bill, to see what he was able to accomplish at 54 years of age, to lose 100 pounds, to be in that shape, uh, to go out and put on an exhibition. And same with Roy Jones. Uh, Roy got hit in the ribs uh, several times and showed tremendous uh, stamina and ability for a 51-year-old man. So it was a fun night. Uh, didn't appear to me that either guy was trying to hurt one another, and that and that's what it should be. Nobody should get hurt in an exhibition. But they also uh, displayed some pretty astonishing skills for for their age, and it was fun. And Snoop, Snoop's, Snoop was great. He had he had a lot of very very funny and insightful comments uh, doing the commentary. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing the depth of that guy, without a doubt. So I want to ask you. Let's uh, let's go back to the book for a minute. For all the people, and I know you get asked this a thousand times, but. 
you know, there's people that are the greatest where you can look at, because you and I do this. I've been doing this a lot less than you have, obviously, and talk to a lot fewer people. But people always say, well, what's your best interview? And what, but you, you don't get in awe of many people. Is there anybody you've been in awe of when you've had a chance to sit down and chat with them? Well, a lot of them. I mean, from the very first one, Muhammad Ali, uh, all the way up until the last interview that he ever did, which he allowed me to do. Uh, Muhammad Ali, you were always, you know, knew you were in a special space, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and there was countless dozens upon dozens of times that I got to interview him. But all of the presidents of the United States, when, when you have the uh, man who is really the leader of the free world, uh, and you're sitting down and talking to them, you know, there's a, there's a different anticipation and I don't want to say anxiety, but, you know, you, you, ha- you, you, you have all of your antenna up because his time is precious and their time is precious. Uh, so um, I would say that, uh, you know, it's been an awesome experience and uh, you, you are in awe of these people. I mean, who, who couldn't be in front of Nelson Mandela and just say, wow, look at what this man's achieved right. or, or, or you know, ending the Cold War, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, um, or just, you know, having a good time and, and being being in front of Charles Barkley on numerous occasions. So it runs it runs the gamut. Um, some of them, you know, you just get very comfortable and familiar with, and, and, and like Kobe Bryant, I knew him since he was an infant all the way through his life. So, you know, it's not where you're sitting there and saying, wow, this is, I'm in awe of Kobe. It's just you know, more trying to ascertain information for, for the public and, and, and try and find out what's going on. So, you know, it kind of depends. That's kind of a hard one to answer, but it, it, it does change, just like I'm sure it changes with you, Bill, depending mm-hmm. upon, you know, uh, the circumstances. Talking with Jim Gray, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster, author of the new book, Talking Goats, The Moments You Remember and the Stories You've Never Heard. When you sit down, I've always found it fascinating. When I get a chance to sit down and interview somebody, and then they tell me something that, much like your book title says, the story you never heard, where you go, oh, wow, I, I didn't know that. Have you? I mean, obviously you've had thousands of those wow moments, but is there a few that stick out in your mind that go, wow, that was just one of those things that I just never saw coming? Well, I think it happens a lot, and it happens uh, a lot now because people are so guarded. So, you know, you, you, I'm sure, hear sound bites, and you hear things that you know you haven't heard before. And it happens rarely because, you know, everybody's kind of on automatic pilot, or they do it through their own distribution means, their own social media. So it, but it happens more, fr- more frequently than, than, than you would think, uh, because if people are comfortable, uh, they usually, you know, are willing to, Give more information, and if and if the interviewers are willing to listen and 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 let them have that have that forum, you know, more information comes out. I mean, I guess you know the book has dozens and you know hundreds of examples uh, of some of those things. Um, I've always been amazed that you know we 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 go back to where we started here. Mike Tyson has always been very very honest and. No matter how heinous the acts or, or despicable something he might have done, he always came out and, you know, took his own medicine and answered the questions, whether it was an ear biting, uh, you know, whether it was leaving the penitentiary. He wrote me a five-page letter, Bill, uh, when he was in the penitentiary, um, got, came to my house, and I opened it up, and uh, uh, on, the, uh, on the second page, uh, in his own hand, he said, you know, they will let me go tomorrow if I would admit to this rape, but I did not rape this woman, and I will never admit to something I didn't do. And then in the next paragraph, he said, however, 
There are four or five other things that I've done throughout the course of my life that are worse than what I'm accused of. Therefore, I feel I'm at the right place at this time. So Mm -hmm. I asked him about that when he got out of jail. Uh, In the first interview that he did, I said, is this a private letter or a public letter? He said, you can ask me anything you want. So I asked him that. What was worse? And he said, looked over at his lawyer, looked back at me, and he said, it's probably best not to answer this on national television because I don't know what the statute of limitations are. But what I told you is true. So, I mean, there, 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 you know, all kinds of things that that we see and hear and and listen to and ask questions about uh, that reveal these folks, uh, you know, why they were able to achieve the excellence that they have, why they've had the pitfalls and the quirks and flaws, uh, their triumphs and tragedies. So it's been, you know, it's been an amazing journey. There is something to the art of the interview, um, and you had mentioned one of those things just momentarily uh, about listening. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're interviewing somebody, we always have that list of questions, things that we need to get out of the way. But as you're listening, I mean, is there something specific as a as an interviewer that you're listening for, an avenue that you're listening for, that you can get a little bit deeper and pull something a little bit deeper out of that particular person or circumstance? Yes, there really is, and and it's and it is that ability to recognize. I mean, all of the people who are in our profession, uh, you know, really are, are very well prepared. Okay, so they know what's in the public domain, and they also know what hasn't been exposed. So you kind of hear it while it's happening. I mean, you probably have Aaron Rodgers on, or Christian Yelich, or Mark Antanasio, or whoever, and you know what they have said in the past. Certainly whatever, three to six months, and then you probably have a greater perspective of what they've done throughout the course of their career. So, Bill, when somebody says something to you, you're hearing it as new. And when you're hearing it as new, the wheels start spinning because you're listening to follow up on that because you know they're going into an area where they haven't. Well, the biggest break that I got in my career was not only being able to have Muhammad Ali as my first interview and him being so kind and generous with his time and taking a liking to me, but I was a videotape editor. So when I would come back and edit the videotape for the sports and the news, I was 18 years old. Well, back at that time, it was America held hostage, and Ted Koppel was just coming on with Nightline because of the mm-hmm. Iranian crisis. And on the other monitor uh, in my booth was Johnny Carson. Well, Johnny Carson and Ted Koppel turned out to be two of the greatest listeners in the history of television because they could listen, think, and react all within the same split second, snap of a finger. So they would intake the information, think about it, and react because they were great listeners. So I would study them at night after the evening news. And boy, was it really something. And it was two totally different, two totally different genres. One was in comedy and one was in news. But by being able to study them, I said, you know what? What a remarkable skill. And it's very difficult to do, but if you can do that, and if you can figure out a way to be able to have all of the information in your head and have that ability, you know, there might be a career here. And, you know, we have some great people who do that now. I mean, look at Bob Costas. He's very similar. Right. You know, listen, think, and react. And uh, so that, that, was a, that was a huge break for me to be a videotape editor because by accident I started watching those guys after the news. 
Jim, great to talk to you. Good stuff. Uh, best of luck with the book. It's called Talking Go- Talking to Goats, The Moment You Remember and the Stories You've Never Heard. And I'm sure we're going to see you all over continuously all throughout the remainder of the football season. Listen to you on Westwood One as well. Jim, uh, thanks for some of your time. I certainly appreciate it, and best of luck, okay? Bill, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. There you go. Jim Gray, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster, author of the new book, Talking to Goats, The Moment You Remember and the Stories You've Never Heard. And uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks for him uh, taking a couple. Of, he's done a lot. Uh, you know, again, whether you agree or disagree with some of the things that, uh, you know, interview-wise he's been a part of, obviously the LeBron thing and then, uh, you know, Pete Rose when he was trying to get Pete Rose to admit to betting. And uh, I just saw him the other night when, I, like I said, when he was standing between <laughs> between Mike Tyson and, and uh, Roy Jones Jr. and hanging out with Snoop. And, I mean, the guy's done it all. But uh, Jim Gray joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Hey, our friends at the Van Horn Automotive uh, Group, they have got a lot going on right now. One of the biggest things they have going on right now is the cyber sale that goes through the end of the week. And uh, if you haven't uh, you know, checked it out yet and you're looking for a new vehicle or possibly trading in your vehicle, it uh, they've got hundreds, by the way, of marked-down vehicles all from the Van Horn locations all throughout Wisconsin and Iowa, and you can shop them all from one place. That's VanHornAuto.com. You can create your own deal online. You can set up an appointment, go in, check out a car, get that new car smell. Plus, they're going to offer no payments for 90 days. You can even get seasonal service specials like tires and brakes and a whole lot more, and they even finance your service. And don't forget that Van Horn Automotive, home of the 90-day test drive, and free oil changes for life with every vehicle purchase. So, uh, And one, one other thing don't forget, uh, every employee at Van Horn Auto, they're an owner. Everybody's got a vested interest there as well. Complete satisfaction is what they're going for. So go to VanHornAuto.com. That's VanHornAuto.com, just like I've done now four different occasions. I've got that Chevy truck in my driveway. I've got the Genesis in my driveway. I love them. Absolutely love the experience. I'm going to continue to go back. Check out our friends at Van Horn Auto. The cyber sale ends on December 5th. Go to VanHornAuto.com. That's VanHornAuto.com. The Van Horn Automotive Group, family-born and employee-owned and a good part of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Matt LaFleur, you're going to hear from him, coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Hey, the cold weather and the holidays, they're here. We know that. Schulze Family Beef has everything you need. Their family farm in Humbird, Wisconsin, providing high-quality pasture-raised beef for all of us here in the Midwest for three generations now. And nobody's wanting to go to the grocery stores right now. I know COVID cases are on the rise, and if you're uh, worried about that, you can stay at home. Choose from a wide variety of steaks and chops and burgers and dogs and brats and roasts. You get that curated gift box or your custom order delivered right there to your doorstep in just a couple of days, and they've got all the delicious meats you're going to need for those cold-weather stews, chilies, and soups. So check out their Facebook page for great recipe ideas, and they've got the tomahawk ribeyes for the holidays, for those small gatherings. But you got to order those because uh, order those now because they're not uh, going to stick around very long. And uh, they have the Instapot dinners as well on the website. And what meat lover wouldn't want a gift box or maybe a gift certificate? So check out SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. That's Schulze, S-C-H-O-L-Z-E, Schulze. 
familybeef.com. That's Schulze, familybeef.com. Matt LaFleur was asked about signing uh, the wide receiver and now the kick returner, Tavon Austin. Yeah, I don't think anything's official yet, but uh, certainly be happy to when, when things go go through. Mark Daniels? Uh, his reaction, giving to uh, given to the fact that the Steelers and the Ravens have now been moved yet again. They've been pushed from Tuesday to Wednesday. You know, the, the only thing that I know that we can control is, is what's right in front of us. That's how we prepare on a daily basis. You know, there's there's going to be things that could potentially happen that are, that are totally out of our control. And, you know, I guess we'll we'll have to deal with those situations as they come. But for right now, you know, like we, we're – our mindset is we're kind of moving on to Philly and we'll look at them and, and uh, we know that they're going to be a tough opponent. Like I said last night, I mean, they're right in the thick of it um, in their, in their division and they got a big game tonight versus Seattle. So each and every week is going to be a great challenge in this league. And so, um, but our focus is, is on uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Equinemius St. Brown, for those that have not paid attention, been playing more and more snaps and, and it looks pretty good, actually. Matt LaFleur was asked about it. Yeah, I, I thought EQ had a heck of a game, and I, I really think his preparation throughout the course of the week, he's shown it in practice. Uh, he's a guy that is really intelligent. He can move him around, put him at a, multiple spots. Uh, the thing that's been so impressive to me is just he's answered the bell in terms of some of the things that we've asked him to do in the run game, being physical, making key blocks, digging out safeties. And then, uh, you know, he made he made some key plays for us, you know, uh, with the ball in his hands. Obviously, the, the key third down where I don't know what he got, 15 yards or whatever it may be. Um, that was that was a big time play by him just running through the ball aggressively and, and finishing uh, and, and got ran out of bounds there. But uh, he's a guy that, you know, as he continues to show what he's capable of doing and he continues to perform at a high level, he's going to get more and more opportunity. He was asked also uh, special teams wise, they've not been good this year for the Packers overall. Uh, And he was asked about the special teams. Oh, I thought our special teams did an outstanding job. We knew uh, Patterson's one of the more dangerous returners in the national football league. And to, to we knew we were going to have to cover some kicks and I thought Mason did a nice job, um, you know, kicking them deep. And our coverage unit was was did what they needed to do. And so for that, we were we were really happy with that effort. And, and that needs to continue moving forward. And, and then uh, when you talk uh, about this team and what they were capable of doing, uh, the condition uh, of the uh, the offensive line has been moved all over this year because of injury, but uh, the the capabilities of this offensive line have been uh, you know measurable because it's been so good. He talks about the condition of uh, Lucas Patrick and that toe injury against the Bears. Yeah, you know, Lucas is he is a warrior. He is as tough as they come, and he's he's definitely battling through through that toe and um, really playing well too. And that's not easy to do when you're when you got 300 pounders leaning on you. So I thought he, he played outstanding. I love just all the grit that he shows. It shows in practice. It shows how it translates to the game field on Sundays. Uh, you know, he's a big part of why we're having success on the offensive side of the ball. 
But uh, as far as those young guys, yeah, we're going to keep working with all those guys and, you know, try to field the best eight and put those guys out there. But, you know, I've been pleased with Simon. Um, he's still obviously working through a, a long layoff, but um, we're going to keep on working all those guys. And like I said, try to get the best eight out there for, for game day. And then the Packers defensively, they were able to get a couple of turnovers in that contest. And he talks about their ability to create. It was big time last night. Obviously, uh, we were able to generate a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. Um, it definitely led to a couple turnovers. And the thing is, there's more out there. We had a, um, a PBU. I think Kevin King broke up the pass, had a chance for a potential interception on one of those. Uh, obviously, Kevin had one go right through his hands in the end zone that we've got to come up with. So, I mean, the potential is there to have – that could have easily been a five turnover performance, which when you're getting more than two turnovers in a game, that, that typically is going to um, move the needle in your favor of winning that game. And I think that was a big reason why we were able to get up on Chicago last night. Um, why did, why did it take so long for Tim Boyle to get into the game in the fourth quarter? Yeah, no, it was one of those deals. It, we were all set to put Tim in, um, definitely want to get him some reps, you know, cause you, you just never know what can happen, but um, it was, you know, just judging by the time in the game when they scored it, it was, I think 41 to 17. It was a three possession game. It was 24 points. So we felt like, Hey, we, we still need to play our guys. And then they went back down and scored again. So, um, and got the two points. So now it's a two possession game. They kicked the onside. We got it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just one of those deals where you don't want to get into a situation where you put, you, you kind of clear the bench, put everybody in, and then you're putting your starters back in the game if they make it that much closer. So, you know, unfortunately, we, we couldn't close it out. You know, we had opportunities. I think there was a fourth and 11 they converted, and then we had the, the potential interception in the end zone that went through our hands. So, those are plays we have to make. We have to make those to close out the game and, and get some of those other guys' experience because that, that pays dividends for us in the long run. What is Elkin Jenkins' best position on this offensive line? I think he plays every position pretty damn well, personally. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard to say. But what's, what's so beautiful about him is just that ability. And I can't tell you how hard that is mid-game when you've been repping at one position all week, and then now you got to step in and, and go to another spot. That is tough. And that's a credit to him, his ability. Obviously, again, Adam Senovich, Luke Buckus do a great job with all those guys. Um, but just that, that guy never flinches. And we are fortunate to have somebody of his caliber, just everything he brings to our football team. But I would, I would say that, you know, our goal is always, like you've heard me say 8,000 times, we're going to get the best five out there, whatever that combination is for the week. Sometimes it's predicated on what style of defense we're, we're going up against. So I think as we get into the discussions uh, and watch the tape on Philly this week or these next two days, we'll have a, a better indication of that come Wednesday. And then he talks about the Packers' defense. Those couple of touchdowns late, um, not something that made a lot of the fans happy, but he discusses. Yeah, you know, I think it's a balance. Um, when you're in that spot, you're up 41-10. Uh, 
Uh, certainly you don't want to give up a, a quick hitter, but I do think that you know, this is something that, that Pat and I have talked about just in terms of how aggressive do you really want to be? Um, I know we threw a couple blitzes at them within the, within the drive. I just think when a team gets, starts getting momentum, it's not a bad, bad idea to maybe mix something up uh, and, and throw in a pressure or whatever it may be. But I thought all in all, like I was pretty pleased with our defense performance. Obviously, you'd like to close it out at the end of the game. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, there was, there was a few mistakes that we made that are totally within our control that if you, if you make those plays, uh, we're not even talking about this right now, but it's that fourth and 11, um, you know, we, we lost leverage on an outcut that, that can't happen. Um, when, when we're outside leverage, it's, it's almost exactly what you're calling the play for or, or that specific coverage for. And then, um, also, you, you know, that the missed off the missed interception in the red zone, we just got, we got to make those plays. And then, uh, overall, does he feel that this defense is playing at a level that would get them wins in the postseason? Yeah, I, th- I thought the guys did a really nice job, obviously, um, especially to start the second half. Because if you look back the week prior, what happened versus Indianapolis, where they came out and scored right away and had multiple possessions and scored, um, I thought our defense did an outstanding job. Just, I think it was a four plays a punt, then it was three plays an interception. And then I want to say there was another punt in there. So to start the second half, that was that was outstanding defense. They did a really, really nice job. Um, got the big turnover before the half to, and ran it in. So, like, there was a lot of great things defensively. I think just, again, it goes back to that fourth quarter. You'd like to be able to put the nail in the coffin in, in that moment. Uh, so, so uh, you know, we can please Aaron and, and get Tim Boyle and – and all those other guys in the game. Or uh, yesterday, talking to the media, doing his uh, Monday presser. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll come back. We'll talk a little box and uh, some toy drive, all that kind of good stuff. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, co-host of The Big Show on 1250 AM, our flagship station out of Milwaukee, the fan there. He's going to be joining us. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there. A quick trip. they got it going on. When you ask yourself what's for dinner, answer it. Quick trip, whether it's the pothole pizza, they've got the fried chicken, they've got take-home heat and eat meals, they have got everything over there at Quick Trip. And don't forget, use your Quick Rewards card along the way as well. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer next to the Bill Michaels Show. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. We are glad you are with us on this Tuesday. Got a big week coming up. Special day tomorrow as we begin the marathon broadcast, all local programming, as our uh, flagship station, The Fan, out of Milwaukee, 1250 a.m. Go to 1250amthefan.com if you want to make a donation. But uh, we start the toy drive, the push for the uh, the final net profits for the uh, the toy drive to get to the toys for the kids and uh, we've been doing this so i've been you know part of this now uh, 10 11 years something like that they've been doing it for 14 years and one of the guys there from the very beginning uh, steve sparky pfeiffer uh, co-host over there on the big show on the flagship station joining us now spark how you been 
Uh, doing good, man. Doing really good. Uh, always uh, our favorite time of the year here in Milwaukee, uh, doing the toy drive each and every year. Now, normally, you know, we would be outside doing all of our shows outside for uh, this week, uh, first week after Thanksgiving at Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek this year, obviously with COVID-19 uh, and so forth. We've had to do it virtual for the last uh, couple of weeks. And like you said, toy drive live, our 24-hour broadcast kind of uh, ends this whole deal with the big shebang uh, at 6 p.m. on Thursday when the toy drive uh, officially ends. So if people, and let me ask you this because I've had a lot of people that have asked me about this. I have a uh, Blaine's Farm and Fleet right down the street from my house here in Waukesha. There's the other one that we usually go to in Oak Creek. But if people still wanted to drop off a new unwrapped toy or if they purchased a toy there that they wanted to donate, they, they can still do that, correct? Uh, now, I believe the only way that uh, they are allowing us uh, us to do this is you have to go through uh, the website. So you have to go to 1250amthefan.com. Okay. Uh, and then when you go there, you have the option – uh, you click on the toy drive page, and then you have the option to either donate cash, whatever amount you may want. A dollar is good at this point. I understand everybody, uh, not everybody uh, is doing so well financially and so forth because of everything going on. So if you can't right. uh, afford to donate, fine, no big. You totally get it. Uh, if you can afford to donate a couple dollars, that would be great. Uh, or a toy, you have a link there. Uh, you go to the Blaine's Farm and Fleet website, and when you click on that link, the page is set up kind of like uh, you would see a wedding registry or something. So Children's uh, Wisconsin went through and made a list of toys that they would like for their kids, uh, and then there's so many, there's so many uh, toys for each category on there uh, that gotcha. you could pick from. So like one toy might be fifty uh, still left, thirty still left, whatever the case may be. And then once it's sold out, it's sold out, and you can pick a different toy. Okay, there you go. Because people had, were asking, I thought, I don't know, I haven't seen any of those well, donation bins or anything like that, but people were asking, yeah. The reason is, is because they want to kind of take away as much human uh, element out of this as possible. So you right. go through the Blaine's website, you type in the information for children's that's on the uh, fan website as well for it to be shipped there. Everything gets shipped to children's, and then it goes into quarantine for so many days before they then are able to sanitize and give out the toys to the kids. There you go. So uh, we're going to do this starting tomorrow. It's going to go all the way through on Thursday, and uh, we'll have a, a terrific time doing it. As always, got to ask you about the Bucks. If the Bucks get, uh, get opening up their training camp, uh, they unveil first of all their new uniforms. You like them? Uh, not specifically. No, not not yeah. really. I look. I this is it. I, I I like the blue. I've wanted blue jerseys. Uh, I'm all down with blue jerseys. But for me, it's I don't like the the two tone blue. I guess the dark blue, the lighter blue. I would have preferred uh, more of a just a general blue. The shorts uh, and what you know matching up with the uh, the jerseys. I don't know. I'm not necessarily a big fan. They're better than the yellow ones, though. The, I I, right. I I I can't stand the yellow ones. I know a lot of people like them. I can't stand them. Uh, my my favorite jerseys are the black jerseys. Still, those, those are still my yeah. favorite. I, hey, as long as they're winning, I don't care if they right. wear the the old Houston Astros jerseys from years back. It doesn't matter to me, you know. Yeah. Just as long as you're winning basketball games, and that's the next question. Do you feel that they're better right now than what they were at the end of the season out of the bubble? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, look, Drew Holiday is definitely an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. I, I would say, uh, DJ Augustine, George Hill. Uh, similar uh, in that aspect. So the point guard position, I, I'd say they've upgraded the point guard position from where they were last year. Uh, and really what this all comes down to isn't really about the regular season. It's about Drew Holiday in the postseason. And Drew Holiday's postseason record is pretty good at this point. So if Drew Holiday plays up to his numbers or better uh, in the postseason, that's where the Bucks need him. Because Eric Bledsoe didn't do that in the postseason, and it was really hurting uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at this point. Uh, the other bench players that they bring in, Bobby Portis, 
uh, tough, physical-type player, kind of that enforcer player that'll stick up for Giannis or other dudes that are on the floor. Uh, Chemistry-wise, locker room, I have no idea. Remember, this is the guy that punched Miritich in Chicago. So mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know really know the dude at all uh, as far as uh, from a personality standpoint or whatever. So hopefully he fits in locker room chemistry-wise and all of that works. Uh, I was hoping for somebody bigger as a backup center other than Bobby Portis. But in today's NBA, there's not a ton of bigs anyhow. So you can probably get by with him as your backup center uh, to Brooke Lopez. Uh, and, and then, you know, a couple of these other guys, you get the guard Forbes from uh, San Antonio, can flat out shoot it. Defensively, not all that good, but can shoot it. Uh, and that's what you want around him. Uh, Torrey Gregg uh, is a guy that I really liked uh, with the Nuggets. Uh, another tough defender forward uh, that can really defend and, and play well. I like him a lot, too. So I think the bench, uh, I, I like the bench as well. But look, at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to Boonholzer, in my opinion. Uh, and whether or not he's willing to make adjustments and do something different than what he's done in years past. Because what he's done in years past has led to losses in the playoffs. Uh, As soon as they put that wall up to Giannis uh, and defend the same offense that he's been pretty much running uh, from the get, Mm -hmm. uh, it's over. It's it's done. And the the adjustments within the postseason series have have not been much by Budenholzer. That was a knock on him before he got here. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If they lose in the postseason, he's gone. He he can't come back after that. He just can't. Now, he's definitely not. If, if Giannis doesn't sign the Supermax, and everybody's assuming he will, but if he doesn't sign the Supermax and they get bounced in the playoffs, then there's no way he can come back at, at, under any circumstance. If you sign Giannis to the Supermax, which everybody's assuming is going to happen probably this week, if that occurs and then Giannis fights for him and says, no, I don't want him fired, I want to keep him, I want to keep him, I want to keep him, then I guess you keep him. But if it's me... If he can't get out of, uh, to get to the NBA Finals this year with this squad again, then maybe he's Doug Collins, maybe he's Marty Schottenheimer, maybe he's those type of guys that are very good regular season coaches, uh, but struggle to get their teams over the hump in the postseason. Maybe he's that's who he is, and if that is who he is, great. You have a long illustrious career in the NBA. I mean, he's won sixty games multiple times now. Not many NBA coaches can say that. Uh, on the resume, but he's got to be willing to do something different this upcoming basketball season than he's done the last two. Always good to chat, Spark. Uh, Giannis signs uh, this week. Do you think? Uh, well, that's that's the hope because they're they're yeah. have to report uh, to the practice facility and team practices start uh, next week. Media availability and everything else. There was a report that they're supposed to meet here in the next couple of days. Uh, so I, I would assume so because if he if he doesn't agree to it and they don't get this deal done, he's going to have to talk to the media here at some point, and then he's right. going to have to explain to the media why he hasn't done the deal. Uh, so if he's going to do it or he's not going to do it, we're, we're going to find out here. I, I would assume by the end of the week, one way or the other. His birthday's this weekend too, right? Uh, yes, it's Sunday, I believe. So people yeah. are speculating that maybe they release it on Sunday, birthday present uh, type deal yeah. for Giannis and to Milwaukee and the Bucks and so forth. And meanwhile, you know, I read earlier today, Anthony Davis uh, still hasn't signed his out in L.A. And they're trying to figure out if they can get a young superstar to come play with Anthony Davis uh, out of next year's free agency class, whether that's Giannis or Kawhi Leonard or whoever it may be, to try and get them to the Lakers. So that's another aspect. So remember, Giannis's brother is with the Lakers. There you go. Good stuff as always, and then uh, we'll chat uh, obviously tomorrow. We got the, the toy drive. The broadcast begins tomorrow. Hopefully, people listen, they donate, and uh, we raise a ton of money and do a lot of good for the kids. That would be great. Twelve fifty a.m. The Fan dot com toy drive page. Hit up the link today.
Perfect. There you go. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer joining us for a couple of minutes. And appreciate it as always. And that is uh, going to start tomorrow. It doesn't mean you can't go there today. If you uh, aren't going to be listening for whatever reason tomorrow, you can still go there today. 1250amthefan.com. Find the 14th annual Toy Drive link. And uh, you can make a donation. You can surf. You can look at all the different things that are available. But uh, if you can just help us help the kids, that would be the best gift of all. Uh, stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers return to the practice field tomorrow to prepare for the Eagles. Here at Lambeau Field on Sunday, Green Bay adding a couple of players, former Rams and Cowboys receiver and returner Tavon Austin. They hope the 30-year-old will add some experience on offense and special teams. And a defensive lineman, Anthony Rush and the Packers are pleased with the progress this month of wide receiver Equinemia St. Brown, head coach Matt LaFleur. The thing that's been so impressive to me is he's answered the bell in terms of some of the things that we've asked him to do in the run game, being physical, making key blocks, digging out safeties. He made some key plays for us with the ball in his hands. Obviously, the, the key third down where, I don't know, what he got, 15 yards or whatever it may be. That was a big-time play by him. Now, the Eagles lost to the Seahawks last night, their third loss in a row. Former Lions defensive back Darius Slay, now with Philadelphia, could not keep up with the Seahawks' DK Metcalf on Monday Night Football. Uh, props to DK for being uh, giving me the good work. You know, we uh, compete in every play, but uh, he played his ass off today, and I just got to get better. You know, it's my worst. I say this by far my worst game I've ever played, and, uh, you know, I lost really, like, truly lost almost every 50-50 ball. Like, I was probably over. That's Eagles cornerback Darius Slay in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Hey, our friends at uh, Newmel Medical Center reminding you that, uh, you know, this season, hey, holidays, they're busy, action-packed. And if you're feeling down, feeling sluggish, you maybe putting on the poundage, uh, maybe things aren't good uh, in, the, in the bedroom, I mean, they've got, uh, they've got solutions for a lot of you that are out there right now probably listening to the program. Uh, and, again, you can't do anything if you don't call. But one phone number gets you into any of their locations, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. And uh, look, uh, whether it's low T and uh, you're looking for more, more energy, better mental clarity, better mood, stamina, or if you want to start the all-in-one weight loss program, you want to go on some supplements just to kind of give yourself vitamin-wise some of the benefits that maybe you're missing out on, or could be ED, things in the bedroom. Uh, they can help you out with that as well without the nasty side effects of the pills and the creams. And uh, a lot of it right now you can uh, do just by calling them, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That is the new Mel Medical Center. Tell them we sent you. So Will Fuller, uh, we all know, has uh, – and this was a topic yesterday for all the people who went, see, told you they didn't need anybody. Nobody knew Will Fuller at the time because what happens is you get tested – and then within a week or so, you get the results back. 
and Will Fuller, it's you would assume it's not one of these steroid things where he's taking stuff to get big and strong and bulky. He's probably doing it because of injuries, because he's had so many injuries in his career, and he's got a contract season. But he gets busted for PEDs. Uh, as far as do the Packers know something, I don't know that they did. I don't think they did. I don't think anybody really did. Um, I, I just think that they were asking a very high price for Will Fuller. And because put it this way, if the Texans would have known, they would have dealt him. Right? Had they known, they would have dealt him for something. And they didn't. So you would have figured they might have gotten more out of him. So if anybody knew, it would have been the Texans, and the Texans obviously didn't know. So uh I don't think uh I, I don't think the, the, the Packers knew by any stretch of the imagination either. However, uh however, I uh, I do look at it this way. Um, you know, hindsight being what it is, you're just you're glad they didn't make the deal. But I think had they made the deal, it would have basically told people that the Packers were going for it. They were pushing their chips to the middle of the table. There would have been an excitement. Yes, it would be disappointing right now. But uh, when when people say, oh, "I told you so," you didn't know. You didn't know that this was coming. So it's just a, it's a set of circumstances. You you think, well, maybe some of the best deals are the ones that are never made. You know? Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll come back. Talk to Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Talk about this Packers team. Are they good enough offensively to get to a Super Bowl? We'll discuss next on the Bill Michael Show. Michael's Sports Talk Network.